48K News. It's one o'clock on Pierre Tremblay. The headlines, Democratic Party lawmaker Roy Kwong is hospitalized after being attacked by three men in Tin Wai. The chief executive says it's quite remarkable that nobody's been killed during the summer's protests. And National People's Congress Deputy Michael Tien says Beijing has given up on its deadline for ending the SAR's political crisis. The Democratic Party says its legislator Roy Kwong has been treated in hospital after being attacked by three people in Tin Wai but police say four people are wanted in connection with the assault. A spokesman said the victim suffered injuries to his face, neck, hands and feet. Mr. Kwong's party mate, Lam Jok Ting, said the attackers punched and kicked the legislator as he was walking to his car near the community health centre in Tinip Road at around 10 a.m. Mr. Lam said one of the assailants also filmed the incident and he suspects gangsters may be behind the ambush. Obviously, it is an um, organised attack against a legislative councillor and they uh, recorded the entire process of the attack and I do think that it is a planned attack and try to send a message to threaten all the legislative councillors of the democratic camps and the other organizers and participants of the anti-evil law movement. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says she finds it quite remarkable that Hong Kong has seen no deaths as a result of the anti-government protests over the past three months. She made the comment as she again threw her weight behind the police force, stressing that it's an important agency that safeguards the rule of law. Speaking ahead of the weekly executive council meeting, she said as much as she can't comment on individual cases, such as the one where officers allegedly kicked a person who had been detained in Yunlong on Saturday. She still believes in the current mechanism that reviews complaints against officers. Here's Mrs. Lam. The fact that after all, all, over three months, uh, we have not seen uh, major fatalities in Hong Kong is by well standard, because I've been meeting um, overseas dignitaries and senior officials, is quite remarkable. You ask me when that sort of restraint uh, will Will, will disappear. I really can't tell you because it is really on the ground. Uh, it is not for me uh, sort of uh, quite far away from the commander uh, to be able to judge, let alone to tell them uh, what to do. Uh, we have to trust the force and the commanders in dealing with such uh, difficult uh, situations. The CE also said over 20,000 people have applied to join the community dialogue session she'll hold on Thursday night in Wan Chai. A local deputy to the National People's Congress, Michael Tien, says Beijing has given up on setting a deadline for Hong Kong to resolve the current political crisis. Mr. Tien had earlier said the central government wanted the protests here to end before National Day celebrations on October the 1st. Now, he says Beijing has decided against it because it doesn't want to ruin one country, two systems. Speaking after attending an RTHK radio program, Mr. Tien again called on the government here to set up a commission of inquiry to look into all incidents related to the anti-extradition protests. His call comes as he warned of escalating violence on National Day. Mr. Tien was asked how violence could increase further. Even between citizens, even between the protesters and the anti-protesters, that violence could escalate. There could be loss of life. And the loss of life eventually will be attributed to police absence, to accusation of police selectively enforcing the law. Don't forget that. It's not only between the protesters and the police. It's now between protesters and 
their opponents in Hong Kong. The government has confirmed that the 12,000 guests watching the flag-raising ceremony on National Day will be moved indoors due to the recent social atmosphere and to ensure the ceremony can be carried out solemnly and orderly. It comes after the authorities cancelled the Victoria Harbour fireworks display on National Day over public safety concerns. Democisto Secretary-General and leading pro-democracy activist Joshua Wong says he's confident the U.S. will pass the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act before the end of the year. He also rejected criticism of his decision to seek support for Hong Kong's democratization from the United States. When we recognize Hong Kong as the international and global city, it's a must for us to seek for more international allies to support Hong Kong's democratization. With the criticism of uh, how foreign countries interference on Hong Kong's internal affairs, I would just have the world aware that one country, two system, and the implementation of the high degree autonomy are more relied on the Sino-British Joint Declaration. That's the international treaty registered in the United Nations. So it's just justified why the members of the United Nations will keep concern and monitoring the high degree autonomy and how it's being eroded by Beijing. A children's group has urged police to come up with specific guidelines for dealing with youngsters under the age of 18 who've taken part in extradition protests. At least 20 minors have been arrested since the protest began in June. The chairwoman of the Hong Kong Committee on Children's Rights, Priscilla Loy, says the arrest, detention and imprisonment of children should be a last resort and upon any arrest, a guardian should be, always be present. She says current guidelines on arrested youngsters are insufficient. by Amnesty International says the SAR government is adopting the tactics of mainland authorities, breaching the tenets of its human rights obligations and the basic law. Alex Price has more. Amnesty says Beijing is increasingly interpreting the ordinary exercise of rights as crossing the red line set by President Xi Jinping and urges the government here to fight back against such erosions of freedom. Entitled Beijing's Red Line in Hong Kong, the report sets out how mainland authorities use a vague definition of national security to censor, harass and prosecute activists and journalists. It also accuses authorities here of misusing laws in order to target people and groups accused of crossing Beijing's red line. The report cites the extradition saga as an example of the erosion of human rights in Hong Kong and calls for an independent investigation into allegations of police brutality. Researchers at Polytechnic University say they've developed a new class of antibiotic compounds that could be cheaper and more effective in battling drug-resistant superbugs. They say the new agents work by curbing the growth of bacteria cells through disrupting the interaction of two proteins. Assistant Professor Ma Tsong from the university's Department of Applied Biology and Chemical Technology leads the research. He says the potential new drug could be more, much cheaper when current than current antibiotics because it's made of synthetic compounds and tests so far show that it does less harm to the human body. So for current um, 
recent testing, we have run, you know, there is a method called a serial passage to measure the resistance generation against the bacteria of our uh, discovery antimicrobial compounds. And uh, for our compounds, till today, we haven't found any resistance generation, okay, which indicate our design is very smart and useful. Professor Chung said he expects the new antibiotic will take about five more years for tests and the required approvals before it's available for use. A cancer patient group is calling on the government to set up a centralized database on self-financed drugs. There are around 60 self-financed cancer drugs, of which 36 are subsidized by charity. The We Care Bill Foundation says without transparent information, it's hard for patients to get proper medication. The group started its own database of past patient cases along with pharmacists' knowledge. Here's the foundation's Yim Hang Wa. We started last year after my father was diagnosed with stomach cancer. As a patient family, we can't navigate the disease quite well when we were only given like eight minutes in doctor's office in one of the public hospitals. So I just tried to research the information online and see if we can file and put it in a database and share the information with the rest of the patient community. More cases of African swine fever have been recorded in South Korea a week after the disease first spread there. Four cases have been confirmed so far, all of them close to the border with the north. In each case, pigs within a three-kilometer radius have been culled as a precaution. The United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres has said the world is waking up to the threat of climate change. Closing a special UN climate summit, he welcomed the pledge by nearly 80 countries to make their economies carbon neutral by 2050. Mr. Guterres also thanked the younger generation of climate activists. The climate emergency is the fight of our lives and for our lives. I thank young people around the world for leading the charge and holding my generation accountable. We have been losing the race against climate crisis, but the world is waking up. Families who lost relatives in two Boeing 737 MAX air crashes are set to receive almost 150,000 U.S. dollars each from the company. They've until the end of the year to submit their claims. Nearly 350 people died in the crashes in Indonesia and Ethiopia. Art experts in France say that a painting found hanging in an elderly woman's home near Paris is a long-lost masterpiece by the 13th-century Florentine artist Cimabue. Christ Mocked is part of a series of works by the artist. The BBC's Will Leonardo has the story. When the owner of the painting had it valued during a house clear-out in June, she thought it was just an old religious icon that had been hanging above her kitchen hot plate. Experts believe it's in fact part of a series of paintings by the Florentine artist Cimabue, marking the transition between Byzantine-influenced medieval depictions of Christ and Renaissance painting pioneered by Cimabue's better-known apprentice, Giotto. Other paintings in the series are currently being exhibited at London's National Gallery and the Frick Collection in New York. An auction for the latest discovery is scheduled for late October, where it's expected to fetch up to six and a half million dollars. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.53 yen, the euro is standing at one US dollar nine cents, and the pound's worth nine Hong Kong dollars 73 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,293. That's 74 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $40 billion. Sports, here's Adam Jones.
Let's start with football news. Lino Messi has once again been named FIFA's Player of the Year. The Argentina and Barcelona star beat out Cristiano Ronaldo and Virgil Van Dijk to claim the award for the sixth time. Messi led Barca to the Spanish league title while reaching the semifinals of the Champions League. The Women's Player of the Year went to Megan Rapinoe. She led the United States to the Women's World Cup title in July and was the tournament's top scorer. The awards were presented in Milan where two members of Liverpool received top honours. Allison was named Best Goalkeeper. Jurgen Klopp won Best Manager after guiding Liverpool to the Champions League title and second place in the English Premier League. He praised his team during his acceptance speech. Yeah, what can I say? Mauricio, we have we won that game. That's why I'm here, not you. So that's how football is. But we all know what an incredible job you did, what an incredible job Pep did, what so many coaches out there did. So, but coming back to saying thank you, uh, my Gordon in, uh, um, in particular, and I have to thank my team. Because as a coach, you only can be as good as your team is and the potential of your team is one what they make of it is the other and so i'm really proud of being the manager of such an incredible bunch of players to the Rugby World Cup where Russia are looking to bounce back from their opening defeat to Japan. The Russians are playing Samoa in Pool A tonight. It's the first game of the tournament for Samoa. They're trying to get past the group stages of the World Cup for the first time since 1995. Meanwhile, the former South Africa back Tinas Delpor says his country may benefit from playing New Zealand in the group stages. The world champions defeated South Africa 23-13 on Sunday. Delport believes the Springboks will improve game by game. The benefit of playing them in the pool is that you, you avoid them until potentially the final again. From now, they can focus on the other games and not be concerned about that game against the All Blacks because at the end of the day, you know, once the quarterfinals start, it's, it's knockout. Um, anything can happen and, and, you know, whoever turns over the, or draws the All Blacks in those quarterfinals, that would be their final of the tournament. Golf and the PGA Tour's China Series has cancelled next month's Clearwater Bay Open, citing civil unrest and safety concerns. The season-ending tournament was supposed to take place October 17th to 20th at the Clearwater Bay Golf and Country Club. Instead, the series will conclude October 10th to 13th in Macau. The PGA Tour's China Series staged an official event at Clearwater Bay last year and in 2016. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting. To the news of top stories once again, Democratic Party lawmaker Roy Kwong is hospitalized after being attacked by three men in Tin Wai. The chief executive says it's quite remarkable that nobody's been killed during this summer's protests. And the National People's Congress Deputy Michael Tian says Beijing has given up on its deadline for ending the SAR's political crisis. The news from RTHK. A sunny morning. The smell of freshly baked pineapple buns. The ding-ding of a tram as we head to work. Neighbors laughing. The beguiling beauty of our harbor and skyline. This wonderful city has been built with the love and sweat of everyone. Treasure Hong Kong, our home. The new Smart Identity Card Replacement Exercise has commenced. 
If you are holding an old form of ID card and were born in 1955 or 1956, you must replace your card at any replacement center from September 24th to November 15th, 2019. You may book your appointment and fill in the form at smartid.gov.hk or in the mobile app. You can also use the new self-service facilities for registration and collection. You may bring along family members or friends aged 65 or above to replace your ID cards together. Places I left the spark to find a way, way back to the olden days before it started falling apart. Singing songs and telling stories about when we were young, running crazy through the memories when we never could be wrong. We would be strong like superheroes, high on sugar, we would stay. Until the sun comes up, yeah Running crazy Through the memories Innocent and young If I could go from to my heart And search for all the places I left the spot To find a way, way Back to the olden days Before it started Falling apart I might find it waiting In the corner Somewhere
right, you're listening to the 123 show on RTHK Radio 3. This Tuesday afternoon, the time is 1.19, and I am Cruz McCalligan with you today until 3 o'clock. How's everyone doing today? Good, good start to the week? It's been pretty good for me. Can't complain. Muchas gracias to Phil Whelan for this morning's morning brew. We've got a lot of things to talk about today.